Well, hello, boys and girls, and welcome back to this, another episode of the Listen Boys and Girls podcast. It's me, Donna Gales. I am your teacher's aide in this classroom of life, and I am truly delighted to be at this place again with you. I'm excited. You guys know that I'm always very excited to share my object lessons and This year, in this season, we are talking about breaking the jar, releasing the light and the magic that is within you to do the wonderful things that you were created to do and to be. I am thankful that I believe that God is speaking to us all of the time. And because I am what I have called one of his problem children. And I've been told not to say that, but because I know I don't listen to him all of the time, I can honestly say that he doesn't stop talking just because you don't listen. He orchestrates the universe to bless us. I used to tell my young people that when I was in youth ministry many years ago, and I still believe that to be true. I believe that The divine will bring you messages wherever awareness is. Messages will come wherever you are because the intention is for you to get the message, receive, embrace, and embody the message and move differently toward the path that is intended to be your destiny. With that being said, today on our 10th episode of the Listen Boys and Girls podcast in this season, we are doing a breakdown of Disney's Encanto. Now, stay with me. (laughs) I am a fan of Disney movies. I am a fan of the simple and the whimsical and a good story and happy endings. I am a fan of all of that. So yes, my 40, almost 49-year-old self enjoys a good Disney movie. Now, I was going to take my niece to see it when it first came out. In fact, she was here the weekend they did a sneak preview. But my brother, her dad, actually took her the night before I was planning to take her. So we actually ended up going to see something else. So I never saw it at that time. Time went on and went on and went on and I never saw the movie. But I wanted to, and things just kept happening that delayed me in seeing the movie. But because I believe that all things happen as they should, I know that I intersected with this movie at the perfect time for me because of the messages it contained. So I am going to break this down with you. I may have a special guest later that is going to join the conversation so that we can share our perspectives, chop it up a little bit, and see what you think about what we think about Encanto. So don't go away. What if you didn't understand what he saw? Then you better figure it out because it was coming for you. We don't talk about you. then you know exactly what that song was. We don't talk about Bruno. And very popular. Even people who didn't see the movie love the song. And if you don't know it, some of the words are, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. It was my wedding day. It was our wedding day. 
we were getting ready and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. No clouds allowed in the sky. Bruno walks in with a mischievous grin, thunder. You telling the story or am I? I'm sorry, my beta, go on. Bruno says, it looks like rain. Why did he tell us? In doing so, he floods my brain. Abuela gets the umbrellas, married in a hurricane. What a joyous day anyway. We don't Bruno. So from the song, even if you didn't see the movie, you know, Bruno is not a favorite. But we're going to get into that and so much more movie because I believe, again, life lessons come from everywhere if you look. But doing that, sometimes you converse with other people. And today I have the pleasure of one of my favorite people in the world joining me for this conversation. We have seen the movie, we have talked about it, and I thought it would be a good conversation to share with you girls our perspectives. Now, we don't always agree on everything, but both of our perspectives are always very insightful. So I welcome again to the Listen Boys and Girls show, Mr. Winston Chapman. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. It is a dark, rainy day. That Bruno? <laughs> that... I was going to say, you just spoke about that. <laughs> but I am, you know, I, I think almost everybody's seen the movie by now. I was probably one of the latest people to see it. But I was happy to see it when I did because it was intersecting with so many other themes that was happening. And I felt like it was a really, really good movie. Not just for kids. It was I've seen it a couple times by now, but it was such a good movie. So, Bruno. <laughs> and by the way, everyone, um, Winston has a cat named Bruno who is equally mischievous. So, Kind of was named Bruno <laughs> way back before in late, late November, <laughs> long before I even heard of or knew about this movie. This is true. Bruno came and he was mischievous. He was, but but he was named first. So he was not named because of the movie. Anyway, so what do you think about Bruno? What what do you what do you think about this Bruno? Are business? we starting with Bruno? We starting yeah. with the, the song or the character? <laughs> The character. Because oh, the song has been number one for seven weeks now. It really has. It's catchy, um, though. <laughs> it, it, it's a little annoying sometimes, but it's the no, no, no part for me. It is the no, no, no. Yeah. So, um, so when you, okay, so when, when you first, what was your take on Bruno? So I, the initial take for me was that he was an outcast because he would predict things that or tell them about things that were coming that they did not necessarily want to hear. Right. Um, and so they were like, look, we don't, we don't, want, we don't want to hear that. We don't, want, we don't want to even address that. So go somewhere with that. That exactly. was my first take. Uh-huh. Having seen it again, I realized that he he was misunderstood and sometimes he would misread the, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, um, the visions. Yes. Visions. There we go. Um, <laughs> he would misread them sometimes, which, which actually led to him living where he lived. I agree with that. You know, in watching the, the movie and seeing as they were telling the story of Bruno leading up to, you know, the whole understanding of who and what Bruno was, because they don't start with anything good about Bruno from the beginning. It's like, we don't talk about Bruno. So and all the behavior, like when you said his name, people's behavior was like, what, wait, what, what? Right, don't, right. Don't do that. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, I forgot the cousin's name that was a shapeshifter, but when he shaped, I mean, when he shifted into Bruno, it was a sinister look and it was mm -hmm. like what did Bruno do and you know because they were like we don't talk about it you just automatically assume from the jump that he did something wrong or he was bad or everything about Bruno was was bad you just did not get a good sense about Bruno to start with so I want to put a pin in that because from the way it starts it's it's so light and it's colors and it's so lively and it's so Beautiful, even though it's animated, it was such a, a pretty scene all the time. But then you have this overshadowing 
happiness with Bruno. So you always have that. But it seems from the beginning that Mirabelle is the star of the show, even though she doesn't have a gift. So why? Okay, so thinking about that, Mirabelle, what what do you think the significant the significance was of her not having a gift? And that's the thing. It again, the first take was she was judged and looked down upon, and 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 people, you know, she actually. I don't know if you caught it when everybody got their gift. Apparently, when they were five years old and touched the door, right? What happened to her? She, you know. Let me back up. When they touched the door, they then the house would Casita would create a how a room for them. Right, that was right. On their powers, exactly. You notice she never got a room. She had to keep living in the nursery. Exactly. So they were like, not only do you not have powers, we still look at you like a little baby. That like, is like, so yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. I I did catch that. And how about the whole process of the door disappeared off the Right. Right. <laughs> And they were, everybody was devastated. Not just her, she was embarrassed because the, the Madrigal family was known for their gifts. They were known for their encanto. They were known for their enchantment and their contribution to the village. Because you remember when they became a part of this community, it was a smaller community, but as their family began to grow, and like you said, every single one at a particular age start getting their gift they contributed to the community with their gift like Isabella who was so beautiful she could make flowers just by think I mean just whatever created flowers and beauty everywhere and everybody loved that you know um Mirabella's yeah, mom could that. heal people you know everybody has something that everybody in the community could use and when Mirabelle's time came and I think that's so important because I we you know we didn't never even before but the fact that she have a place in La Casita and the fact that the house itself was magical from the onset and that is where all the family was which is of course after times of watching it I watched it and got a different little little nugget every time and the I feel like the overarching theme is actual um the wonder and the worry of family because it can be a beautiful thing and then it could be a not so beautiful thing. I mean, depending on, whose, pers- <laughs> depending on whose perspective you're looking at the family from, it's a different story because Bruno was not embraced by the family. He was actually ran away from the village, so they thought, <laughs> by right. Abuela. His he was own embraced mother. in the beginning hmm? until he started. He was embraced because right. remember, he got his gift as a child. So right. he, he obviously was embraced at the beginning, but when he started saying stuff they didn't want to hear, they were like, yeah, this, this ain't even a gift no more. They were like, he got to get out of here because guess what? Everybody in the community was perceiving him to be bad, right. but guess when it happened? And I, I don't know if a lot of people caught say because like you said, everybody in the family had a gift. And so to begin with, Abuela ended up raising the whole family because she lost her husband in the in the fleeing of a catastrophe. And during that time, she had three little little kids. She had triplets. Bruno was one of those triplets. Peppa was one of those triplets. And um, uh, Julieta, which is Mirabelle's mom, was one of the triplets. So they they were led to safety by this light. Just really how Abuela felt she was guided out of this storm and out of this uh, calamity by um, her husband's spirit. And so that candle represented the light or the illumination or the guiding from, um, you know, beyond from the spirit to help them be safe and, and from there grow and be a, a part of the community and give and shine and everybody got something. Now, of those triplets, um, Julieta Mirabelle's mom having the ability to heal. You remember Peppa was with the one me. with food, like me. <laughs> I Did know. You understand that perfect <laughs> gift. Listen, it, I mean it. It really does help. I mean, it can't heal you, people. People would love to have a good a good taste of meal, but um, but Peppa, 
remember what her gift was? Which one was Pepper? Remind me. You know, I'm um, bad the, the one that got married. The one that got married. Um, what was her gift? I ain't her gift um, was controlling the weather. Yes, the little storm cloud that used to follow her when she was mad. So, but but get this. No, they did not, and and to your point, Bruno's um, you know, being cast away from the family came from somebody else's misunderstanding that they mm-hmm. took and ran with it because he did not make it rain. He did not make it a hurricane. She did. Right. Because she controlled the weather. She was nervous. Her emotions was all over the place. Yeah, he just told them about it. He just told her because she was sweating. Because if you if you look mm-hmm. back at that, she was running all around and she was, you know, they were dancing and this. And, but she was like giddy and nervous. And then she was she was sweating. And that's when he came in and said, it looks like rain. But she was sweating because she was nervous. She made the hurricane come because she was all over the place. But nobody pointed out that she controlled the weather. Her emotions were all over the place. So that was all her. He just saw it. And like you said, he said a lot of things that that were true, but people did not want to hear them. People didn't want to experience them. He didn't make it happen. He just saw it. What they so, say in the wig, don't bring me no bad news. <laughs> that, that, uh, what was her name? That I hated that little scene. That toilet, um, that's, oh. The big lady. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hate that movie, by the way. And I don't care I don't who know. knows it. <laughs> I don't care who knows oh. it. I hate that Cruella movie. is popping in my head, but that's not her name. No, Evelyn. it'll come. Evelyn. Yes, Evelyn. Oh, I hated that movie. That was. So... <laughs> I mean, whose throne is a toilet? Ugh. I'm like, this is a horrible movie, and I was. Oof. Anyway, I saw it when I was a kid. I was traumatized by it. I don't love the Wiz like everybody else. Yeah. But um, but but at the same time, of Bruno seeing what was happening, he was still a part of the community. He was still a part of the family. But that was such a big day for the Madrigal family and everyone perceived it to be terrible. Why would Bruno do this? And they took that and ran with it. Abuela was the, the chief. She was, mm-hmm. she, she was the main one, you know, perpetuating the negativity about Bruno. That wasn't even true. So well, that's the thing. It's, it's all about perspective. From mm-hmm. her perspective, it was true. Mm-hmm. She's like, all he does is bring bad news around here. So her version is Bruno is on some BS. And Bruno's got to go. Right. So from that, he separated himself from the family to their benefit. And, you know, he felt nobody wanted him around. He was not being embraced by the family. He probably felt as if I w- wish I did not have a gift. But one of the things that I think is important, because again, I, I believe that the movie is about the importance of family and, and what what good and bad can come from the family structure, because they had a, from all appearances, a beautiful family, but there were broken relationships within that family, because um, I forgot the, the, the cousin's name, who could hear like a pendra, she would hear all the juicy gossip, anything from across the, the, <laughs> the walkway. Exactly, and she she couldn't keep it. She she heard it and couldn't keep it. So if anything, that's that's not necessarily a good, but people value that, and that that was one of the the themes I walked away with. It doesn't matter that your your gift is this or that. People will value to it based on what they need, based on what they like, based on what they want, because Bruno's gift is valuable to be able to see what's coming. Most people will want to want that because I mean, you can try to change it if you can see it, but that, that was never, (laughs) that was never the perspective. I, you know, I, I've had visions before and well, we've talked about that. You already know, but anyway, you, you brunette. <laughs> but you already know that we. I mean, and and I just be. I've seen some things I didn't want to see, and I've had conversations with people I did not want to have. But it was spot on, and they would come back and be like, "You know what? I never forget. I was working at AT and T, and one of the girls I was connected with at that time, 
you know, I saw her on the edge of her bed, just crying and crying and crying and, and mulling through a situation and went to work the next day. I was, I was like, I don't know how you're going to take this. I, mean, <laughs> I felt like Sean right then. I was like, I don't, I don't know how you're going to but I have to tell you this and she, and she she received it she was like that's absolutely true and then I told her what you know I was told to tell her and she was like okay but that was scary for me because I was like I don't know this girl like that and that's not a conversation I want to have but I said all that to me. none of them chose their gifts none of them chose what they were able to but they were given those gifts to be able to be a part of a community and to aid others and to make life more beautiful but I think and this is just my opinion I think Abuela got so caught up in appearances and so caught up in what the community thought because if you remember at the party when Mirabelle was like oh my god oh my god well let me let me let me stop that first when she was trying to help Abuela was like why don't you just sit down somewhere because <laughs> And you helping is not helping because she almost uh, set the place on fire. And you, But she was trying so hard to be valuable to Abuela. Even though Abuela was like, you don't have a gift. You don't have any value. Now, I don't know if she meant to put it out there to her like that, but that was everybody's message to Mirabella. You don't have a gift. You're not valuable. Her dad was like, um, since you don't have a gift, like what? He was like, I got this for you. It's the non-special special. I'm like, that is so mean. And then even the little kids were like, maybe your gift is you're in denial. Because she was like, I'm just as but special as everybody else. Huh? That 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 abuela um worrying about what people thought and how the village viewed her is very um and I didn't see this until like just now. It's very generational. Um, absolutely absolutely people i use my mother and my grandma um and my aunt as examples that's what they do they are mm -hmm. very aware and and always worried about oh what are people going to say what are people going to think i can't have them thinking this and go to great lengths to protect that exactly and, and um evolution why did i say evolution evolution because everybody got a traditional power and right, right. Little uh, Mirabelle, I think her power evolved in that it wasn't the traditional one. So the older generation was like, oh, that's dumb. That ain't no power. You ain't got nothing. Exactly. It was nothing. But you know what? And I'm glad that you brought that out because that was one of the things that I felt just from, I mean, and I, I'm a lot of people say, oh, it's not that deep. It's not that. But you get from what you view what you need to get from what you view because everybody will see things differently. And so I could identify with Mirabelle in a way because what she did have, people did not value. She did have a gift. Her gift was encouragement. Her gift was unifying because every situation she was in, she was trying to bring people together. Everybody had their gift, but they weren't necessarily together. They were focusing on themselves and highlighting their gifts, having their gift be accepted, praised, valued. And Abuela, at that point, what was her gift? Nothing. Her gift was having children that had Judgment. gifts. Judgment. Uh, right. <laughs> but she didn't really have, you know, she wasn't operating in a gift. She was the originator. She carried the light. And, you know, yeah, as they were- started all this. She said, this is because of me. I don't need a gift. My gift is y'all. She said, I'm the manager of the gifts. And so her her managing the, the family to the community's benefit was her thing. She was like, oh, she would every, every person that got a gift, she would tell them, and now your gift will be useful. You need to, you'll use your gift to do this, to do that. So basically, she was, okay, as many gifts as I can give to the community, that's my value to the community. She was concerned about how how the perception of the family would be, what what they would think about the Madrigal family if somebody else didn't have a gift. Because that day that um, Mirabelle didn't get her gift, it was dark. It was it was like a terrible day, and they everybody referenced it as a terrible day. Can you imagine having to live your whole life like Bruno? So Mirabelle and Bruno had two had parallel stories, but in different ways. She was like 
not a black sheep because she was still a part of the family, but she was looked down upon. She didn't, she wasn't perceived as having any value. So they were like, kind of like, yeah, whatever, Mirabel, you don't, you're really not a part of us. And Ain't constantly reminded of it. All the time. And so, but even in that, even with everybody tearing her down and not valuing her gift, she was always trying to lift somebody else up, which takes us to her under the bed with Antonio because he was terrified that he might not get a gift. Oh, that's his name, the little bushy haired boy. Yeah, her cousin. You know, I, I identify with him the most because he could talk to animals. So that's, I was like, that, there's the power I want right there. That's the you have. Do I need to talk to you, an imposter? Jesus. And, and the deer that come to my yard, we anyway. We'll talk for about for those that don't really know, Winston, <laughs> he has this thing, this this real gift. He loves animals, and animals love him. It's like uh, <laughs> his, his house is like a sanctuary for all, all animals. They just come there and chill there. It's like, oh, we belong here, uh, like Bruno. <laughs> I you videos of the deer last summer when my apple tree bloomed. I have that. That deer up on his back feet. I mean, on yeah. whatever they're called. The he was that, up the there picking the apples. Right on the on the porch next to the bush and just was eating the apples out of my hand. I was like, really? No, sir. See, I'm not about that life. I love to look at wildlife, but I'm trying to be that close like that. They're beautiful things. I'm not trying to... Feel, mm -mm. No, sir. But but you back, do. Back to, his name was Antonio? You know, yeah. I suck at names. I just call him a little bushy head boy, but <laughs> he, he was my favorite. But he was terrified, though. Remember how scared he was? Because yeah, he he was close to Mirabelle, too, though, which is why I think he felt he wasn't going to get no power because he was partially listening to what everybody said. And he was like, damn, I'm too close to her. So maybe her non-power ass going to rub off. <laughs> wow. But that's, but that's true, though. He was, I mean, you are influenced by the messages that surround you. That was another thing that comes out because... He was he was a sweet boy. He was happy. You know, he had other other family and, and everybody was so joyous. But when they talked about Mirabelle and when they talked about Bruno, it was not positive. Although he loved except, Mirabelle. He was... Except the the big bone sister. Wow, Louisa, why you gotta talk to about her like that? No, she <laughs> I didn't want to say heavy set because she was strong and in shape. She was just, you know. She um, was uh, robust. She, she never talked. If you go back and catch it, she never talked bad about Bruno. She never judged him and didn't contribute to that negative talk about him. That's true. And I'm going to get to that, too. But what I wanted to um, say about Antonio, he was terrified because the family who did not value Bruno or Mir or Mirabella at Mirabella, Mirabelle, um, he he heard all of that stuff. So you process the best way you can. He was a little boy and he was getting prepared for this ceremony. And he was like, I don't want people to treat me like they treat Mirabelle or, or Bruno. So he was so scared and she was talking to him and she's like encouraging him, like, don't worry about it. And then, you know, she's like, well, if you don't get a gift, you just have to stay here in the nursery with me. Right. And, and he laughed about it, but he was like, no, nah, I ain't trying to do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, part of him was listening to the outside people, but the right. other part was listening to her. He was like, well, I really don't want to be powerless <laughs> like you. That powerless. <laughs> right. I thought about that when I watched it again, too. I was like, no. But even the house was magical. Even, even the house worked in tandem with the family i mean it fixed the breakfast it you know set the cups and the plates and it supported everything that the family was doing except for when mirabelle was trying to go check on bruno the, even the house was like mm -mm, i can't yeah. even help you at the this house point bought into the negative talk too <laughs> but what was so i think powerful and just you know like you said louisa was very strong and she didn't say a lot period Isabel was always saying something, always trying to be in the front because her gift was making things beautiful and she herself was beautiful. And, you know, Abuela wanted her this, this person in the village to, to really make their families come together. Again, back to those questions and, and making sure that people like this and people embrace that and, oh, we have to be in the number one spot. People have to have to continue to love this family. So, Louisa, 
she was blessed with strength. And I think looking back at it after I watched the movie times, I thought about her representing strength of family because she carried everything. When anybody had anything heavy to lift, when anybody had anything that was too much for them, they called her and it was no problem for her. It was no problem. So with that physical strength, I, I just believe we don't always have comparable emotional, mental, spiritual strength to go with those things that we're able to carry in in real time in, in a in a tangible way. And she, I mean, she her dad was like, Hey, I want to play the piano. Bring it over here. Bring it over here. <laughs> she lifted a whole church up. <laughs> exactly. Like this in the wrong place. Can you move this over? No problem. And she did ease and with grace and with a smile and a song and so that for me was indicative of how we carry so much sometimes but in my mind for this movie it was she was carrying all of the burdens of the family and I thought about that when when the magic was starting to deteriorate when it was starting to crumble because there were parts of the family relationships that were breaking down so I what how do you how do you feel about because you remember the night of Antonio's gifting that's when Mirabelle saw the house crumbling and saw the mag, saw the candle dwindling and she ran because even though she didn't have a gift in her mind and from what everybody told her she wasn't valuable she she was concerned that the magic was going to be lost. She was concerned that who their family was was going to be impacted by that. So she ran to tell everybody, but when she did, it wasn't there anymore. So now they right. felt like she was being a hater trying to diminish <laughs> Antonio. <laughs> they was looking at her like, what? And That's you- when I realized Abuela's gift was judgment. <laughs> right. She really was- Did you see that face she gave her like, it How was the you. face, and it was a quick, and I said, that ain't judgment. It really <laughs> was. Like, There's her gift. It really was. It, re- it really was terrible because, and she, Mirabelle was brokenhearted because she's like, I would never do anything to hurt this family. I would never do anything to, you know, do anything to hurt Antonio. This, this is about him. But the the house was crumbling and falling apart. It was about to be a dangerous situation. And she came down and she's like, show me. <laughs> First, she, she wasn't even really like, oh my God, Mirabelle, show me. Come on, tell me. She It was with the judgment. She's like, show me. Like, like. Then she gets down there and she's looking around and she gives her the ugliest face yep. and yep. was like, there's nothing. There's nothing. And then everybody, the, the community, the family, everybody like, dang, Mirabelle, you really did this to, to. <laughs> and so now she was feeling like the outcast because she's like, I know I saw what I saw. But the only person that saw what she saw and felt what she felt was Louisa. Mm-hmm. And... A little bit, though. No, I, I, think... I think she felt it entirely, but she didn't want to say anything. Because remember, after the fact, she was like, she pulled Mirabelle to the side when everybody was was down at her and telling her she tried to ruin the night. She said, I felt it. I felt it. She said, she I lost it. Yes. Yeah. See, that's why I thought it was just a little bit because she wasn't fully tapped into it. She was losing her powers and stuff. But did you notice when she lost her powers, she became the exact opposite of what she was. Not just weak, but she was anxious she emotional was negative yeah she was super emotional she was uncontrolled in her like just like how she was sweet from wanting but but you got to look at you got to look at why that was though she had had her whole life with a family that threw you to the trash if you weren't valuable mm-hmm. she said she started crying when she was talking to Mirabelle. she said I was weak. She said when the when the house was was breaking, I was weak. And she said something is wrong with the magic. You got to you got to fix. She's like, "How do I fix it? What are you talking about?" She said, "I don't know. But but you can do it." So, I think that was the first time that Mirabelle had any encouragement from anybody that she was she was valuable. Yeah. I I mean, and, go back to Louisa. I think her power, granted, obviously her power came from the house, but her power was 
in that it was the foundation of the house. So that's why when the foundation was crumbling, she was crumbling. Exactly. But I don't think she was fully tapped into it, though. She didn't understand it. She didn't yeah. know what was happening. She she didn't. She All she knew was that her gift was her strength and her strength was leaving. Something was wrong. And with that came all the flurry of emotion. If my strength is gone, if I can no longer carry 10 mules at a time, <laughs> what what are what's going to become of me? Oh, my mule was a person. <laughs> <laughs> because she, I mean, that was she was she was steeped in the knowledge that if you don't have a gift that you can give if you can't be of value to somebody in their assessment then you don't have any she was mm-hmm. and knowledge she was raised around that mindset and everybody knew Abuela was like if you ain't got nothing to give then you ain't got nothing yeah it had to be a tangible gift like you had to see it and feel it but that's that old generational stuff like I don't know what this newfangled. I could hear her saying that too. Like I don't, I don't know what this new, these newfangled gifts are. But th- you know, it ain't. How is that helping the community? Exactly. Like no, no, this is not good. This is not a gift. What happened? But I mean, I again, I think everything hinged on the strength of the family, and that's why. Because again, all those relationships were starting to kind of. There was there was turmoil. There was turmoil because you know. Um, Isabella didn't really want to get married. The sister, the other cousin was the one that the, that wanted to marry the guy. You, it was just a lot of stuff. It was a lot of stuff going on. And so while everybody's trying to maintain, Louisa was feeling the pressure of being the foundation, being the, the, the strength of the family in more ways than one. And that was dwindling. So she was feeling the loss, the impending loss of her place in the family, because the strength, I mean, whatever gift you had created a door and your whole personality, your whole uh, relevance in life was behind that door of your room would be. And, you know, let's make she, a deal. Huh? Let's make a deal. <laughs> but the, the final thing that I think ties it all back together is the fact that Mirabelle went on a quest to save her family, the same family that that really didn't embrace her because she didn't have a gift to offer that they found value in but all of them judging her and constantly reminding her of that was a learned behavior it was from grandma it was it was and i i relate that to like i said i believe the movie was just about the lessons of family because family can do so much good but it could also do damage and i appreciate family but I mean, we all are a part of one and we can all, you know, I think everybody who is a part of a family can identify with parts of this movie and, and different experiences in their own family. Because for me, when it was um, talking about we don't talk about Bruno, it made me think about all the generational things culturally that we don't talk about that we should talk about that are negative things. Now, although Bruno wasn't really, negative at the end but the there is a there's a feeling sometimes in family some things we don't talk about whether we understand what really happened or not whether we honor and acknowledge what really happened or not we formulate an opinion about something and that becomes truth and now it's it's over with for that thing or person we don't talk about it everybody's got the opinion this is what we rolling with and now it's done and if if nobody is questioning it, then we ain't talk about it either way. Could be totally wrong. Could be, you know, misunderstanding. Could be anything. But if we make the decision that this ain't what we doing, people are hurt by that. People are hurt by not talking about the things that are uncomfortable because people felt that Bruno was bad. They could have had a conversation, but they didn't. No, but think about it. A lot of the cousins and the younger ones they never even met him. Exactly. Exactly. Remember, like, the whole community was like, um, you know, when, when Mirabelle was singing that song and telling the story of the family and talking about all the gifts. And then when they were like, well, what is your gift? They were all running behind her. Like, what is your gift? And Bruno, they saw a picture of Bruno. And they was like, who is he? And they was like, Bruno. But we don't talk about Bruno. So, like you said, from that, that perspective, if it wasn't it, it, the, the generational mindset, because they had never had any experience with Bruno. Bruno and his experience and his banishment and his disconnection 
came pro it predated all of them, but they still knew we were talking about Bruno. It the wasn't why part. Hmm? That part I might I might have missed that part. Did they make him leave or did he just say this is too much? I gotta go. It was both because remember the whole um uh conversation with Abuela about how after the marriage, they were like, even in the song, they talk about him coming in with a mischievous grin and being sinister, like he caused the wed he caused the wedding to be terrible. And he never got a chance to explain it. None of that ever, you know, none of that ever resonated. He and he left because of how they tormented him because of what happened. He he left, but those who saw the movie and hopefully no spoilers, but we come to find out that Bruno never really left because he didn't, he didn't not want to be a part of his family. Oh, we're he, spoiling this. Y'all should have seen it by now. We're spoiling <laughs> he, he, he never wanted to leave, but he just didn't want to hurt the family anymore. He didn't want all the negativity of what he brought to the family when he was around. So he chose not to be around, but you know, what's interesting. he, when when <laughs> when Mirabelle went to his door because his door didn't disappear, right. his door was dark. Remember? Yeah, it just got like grayed out. Exactly, but she was like, "I'm going to here. I got to find some answers." Because she, you know, was aware of pieces of the vision, and and like her uncle told her, "You better find him because he was coming for you." Because remember, his vision was about her. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a negative vision. He, But because he had been so conditioned to think that everything he saw was bad and he was bad, he broke the vision. He, he, he dropped it because he didn't want to see it. He didn't want anything bad to happen to Mirabelle. He didn't even understand what was happening. But because he had been taught from all other experiences that he was um, bad, he he just didn't even want to, you know, and then he ran away. He's like, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. But Mirabelle didn't know what the vision was. Nobody knew what it was. They just knew it was Bruno. It was bad. You don't want that. But that uncle but told did you her. Catch, did you say? catch how Bruno, I don't know if you noticed it, because they would do it in random moments. Did you catch how superstitious he was? He really was. He, really he would was. knock on wood. He would knock on his head. He would throw salt over his shoulder. He would um, hold his breath and cross his fingers when he walked through doorways and around poles. He was superstitious, like super superstitious. And I think it was because of how everybody um, and, you know, once he I mean, obviously, they didn't show him before he they didn't like touch on his his life before the banishment. But he became so superstitious and I think it got heightened from living in the walls and still hearing them talk about him and him starting to even think that, dang, I am bad luck. Right, so right. He, he was so superstitious. He was doing all kinds of like little things throughout the movie. I was like, I didn't even catch that the first time. That's true though, but then also the fact that all the lengths that Mirabelle had to go through to even get to him when in fact he was right behind the wall. He was actually right behind the wall of the kitchen. But remember how his door, I mean, it was like a big gap between one, one um, part of his room to the next to, that she had to jump over and all this danger that was, was seemingly there to try to get to him. And then all of these obstacles and all of this, all of these hurdles to get to the truth. And that for me was, was indicative of how Sometimes there is a truth worth pursuing. Sometimes there is an outcome that's much bigger and better than what we could imagine, but it takes some doing. It takes some commitment to the outcome and some desire to not be daunted by what comes because she, I mean, it was scary. She almost fell. It looked like she was going to die. I mean, all kinds of things. But when she got to him, she recognized he's just Bruno. It's not, it's nothing, he's not evil. And she was talking to him and he had made friends with the rats. I mean, that, that was his family. I so mean, that's to me, that's the funniest line to me. There's a lot of funny lines of the movie to me when, um, Antonio. Um, yeah, we call him Tony in the hood. Uh, <laughs> when Tony, um, I don't remember if he was talking to Bruno and Bruno was trying to avoid the conversation. And little Tony said, 
man, the rats already told me everything. Right, right. He was like, like it wasn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I already know. Yeah, it was. Because Bruno wasn't aware of what his gift was. Right. Huh? No, I said right. He was just like, bro, the rats so already he- hit me. <laughs> like you cannot tell me anything different. I've already, because because Mirabelle was like, he's not he's not evil, and and Antonio was like, I already know, I know everything. Yeah. The rats already told me, and that was the whole thing. Bruno didn't have anybody. He had to live the rest of his life, um, stealing food because he was right behind the kitchen, so he was still eating good. He was <laughs> stealing right. all the food <laughs> and sharing with the rats, and they became they became his family. But look at that. I mean, who desires to be family with a rat? Nobody. Can we talk about how this house had rats, though? <laughs> like we, nobody, nobody is addressing that this house had a plethora of rats. That infestation. But like, they was I, they were family. <laughs> they were not think... family. They were family with Antonio and Bruno. That's it. Because if all them sisters and and Amrela throw them rats. If the community knew, <laughs> but but I think uh, like Casita said, okay, Bruno needs somebody. We're gonna keep the rats around. But all in all, he was able to connect, and I think Mirabelle identified with not being valued, and she she tried to understand him. She didn't know him. She all she knew is what she heard about him, because he was gone by the time she was actually able to have understanding and be this person that she was dealing with the family who didn't value her because she didn't bring something tangible to the table that they could see and value. But like I said, I think because the the magic is really truly the strength of the family and the resilience of family. And they were lacking at that, at that time. That's why it started to break down. I think that she was in that vision shown to be, Person that would save the family, save the magic, restore. Because if you remember when she when she talked to Bruno and he let her know about the pieces and you know, how she had to you know put it together, he couldn't really all this other stuff. She was like, "Well, once once I take care of this, once I fix the magic, I'm gonna come back and get you." Because he was like, uh, "Godspeed, I wish you well, good luck." <laughs> he was like, "All right, then, nice to meet you." <laughs> right. And he was like, he had no desire to come back to the family because I believe he was so hurt by it. He was like, I'm and not. He could constantly evil. hear it. That's what people weren't. I think because I talked to other people about this movie, they were. I think they they missed that part. Is that all the talk about Bruno? Even though they kept saying we don't talk about him, they actually did talk about. They him. did, and he was there the whole time to hear it. So hello, spoiler, and he <laughs> could hear it constantly. Because Every day. they were talking about him as if he were miles and miles away. So that added to him, like, when, when she said, all right, I'm going to come back. He was like, yeah, all right, bye. Right. Um, he was like, why do I need to go uh, I constantly hear and hear right now dogging me. Right. He had no desire. He had right. no desire. Right. He's like, well, I hope you get what you're looking for. Uh, peace out. And so with that being the case, I just know that so many people can relate to not being understood, can relate to being um, thought of one way that really isn't them. I know that there are so many people in so many different experiences, not just family, that are being misjudged mis- and, and really mistreated based on something that isn't even true. And so, I mean, to, to really bring it all home, she she does she does fix the family she brings things back together the way that they were supposed to be because um you know the house gets utterly destroyed <laughs> i mean it, it was i mean it, it really did end up being devastated because the family was in ruins and it took it took restoring the vision of what family was supposed to be it took the love of each other because her and her sister isabel did not get along 
and I don't think it was a jealousy thing. I think Isabel wanted Mirabelle to be jealous, but part of part of restoring the the light and the magic and the charm and all of that was her connecting with her sister, giving her sister a hug. Which they didn't have that kind of relationship because Isabel was like, You have nothing. I have everything. I can walk around and make things beautiful just with my presence. I can just think about, you know, and so I don't think Mirabelle was jealous, but I think she really was like, there's no connection because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm this awkward person. She's so beautiful, you know, because even when she sang about her sister, she was like, you know, Louisa is strong and Isabel is beautiful and I'm not anything. So I think her self-worth and the way she felt about herself was projected and other people were like, yeah, you don't have anything especially her sisters. And I think she wanted so badly to be a part of the family. But the most beautiful of the family was offering her the most rejection because remember how dismissive she was to her all of the time? Like, ugh, why are you here? What are you doing? You know? And so part of restoring that family and getting the house back to where it was and, and actually to a, a greater glory was re rebuilding all the relationships that, that could not be, I mean, they couldn't stay splintered because with that, they, they never had the strength of family with them having, being now aware of Bruno and, you know, the disconnect between the sisters, everything had to come full circle and everybody had to come to the place of acknowledging each and every person for who they are and what they brought to the experience whether it was perceived magical or not so she from the beginning in my opinion had the gift of of unity and she had the gift of encouragement and she had the gift of restoration she had that from the beginning because even in her devastation she continued to try to make other people feel good and from also, the whole <clears throat> i know everybody judged her and looked down on her except yeah. Did you yeah. catch that? Her parents, well, her I mean, father uh, was the one who gave her the gift and was like, since you're not special. <laughs> yeah, but her mother, like, I mean, the father did say that. He, he, yeah. But he was, but, but remember, he was the, though. He wasn't part of the actual yeah. family. He married into the right. family. <laughs> right. But her mom lifted her up and always, like, like, made her feel like she was, like, she had a gift even though she didn't really know what it was herself, she didn't let her daughter feel like, oh, I'm listening to what my mother says. That's um, true. You know, because she, she would like console her and empower her and tell her things where everybody else, except, I mean, the, the you know, I'm bad with names. The strong sister didn't Louisa. really judge her either. No, yeah. she didn't, but she didn't really lift her up either. Yeah. She was kind of neutral. She was just staying in her lane, you know? But you're right. Her mother was always like, you're just as beautiful. You are just as as needed. And she would be like, mom, you're just saying that because you're my mother. <laughs> She's like, no, you're right. Her mother was always trying to encourage. And her mother's gift was healing. So I I mean, considering what you said, her 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 mom's gift was part of her gift. She imparted that to her on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? That trying to heal her through affirmations, trying to include her, trying to make sure that what other people were saying about her didn't penetrate her spirit. But it was so much of the other, just like with Bruno, it was so much negativity. It was hard for her to maintain being positive. It was very hard. So, you know, if you guys have not seen the movie, you should, because we just told you how great it was. But if you had to walk, if you had to sum it up with one theme, Overall, what would you say that you got from the movie, Winston? Uh-oh, if you're speaking, I can't hear you. I'm not sure why. Nope. You know, this always happens. I always have technical difficulties when I'm having a really good conversation. I'm going to press pause and then we'll come back with Winston's wrap up. Anchor will not let me be great sometimes. Anytime I'm having like, a great. <laughs> I know. I said, if you're speaking, I can't hear you. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? I said, I'm having some technical difficulties here. So every time I'm in the midst of a juicy conversation and, and having some good content, 
you know, Anchor won't let me be great. And then I'll have to re uh, reconnect. But at any rate, um, if you had one overarching theme and, and had to sum up what you what you received from the movie and would share with others, what would that be? Um, it's what you said earlier. It, 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 the movie was about the gift of family and how while everyone brings their own version of a gift to the table, it's not always, you know, the, the gift that they're bringing is not always what you may see on the surface. It may be deeper. It may be bigger than what you thought. And, and the, um, we call her the protagonist. Mm-hmm. She ended up having, in my opinion, the most powerful gift, which was keeping that family together and not any of them realized that. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And and ultimately bringing the community in in a state of vulnerability because the community has seen the magical Madrigal family in such a way. I think it was important at the end that they showed them in a place of vulnerability, of being powerless, basically. You know, um, to see them as people and not just their gifts, to see them as individuals. And I think overall, I think that's a message for all of us that before something comes to devastation, before something comes to ruin, make sure that you have the ability to see beyond what your perception is. Because if you don't see a value for a person, I know there's a, a popular quote that says, you, you know, you see the measure of a person by how they treat a person they don't think they need. Um, you know, Abuela never wanted to be the the person the community didn't need so part of her loss was feeling the loss of the status in the community when all of that happened but she had to go back to the place where the magic originated she had to go back to what what had been integral for her and she had to go back to where the magic came from and the fact that she they were running for their lives and that you know she was made safe and protected and brought to this place for a reason i think um it it speaks to making sure that you remember your value remember your purpose remember that you're here for something else even when other people try to diminish what you are who you are what you might have to offer you have to stay stay consistent with who you actually are and my theme this this season is breaking the jar and and that from a message that I got back in December and it it relates so much to this movie you have to break everything that encapsulates you and doesn't allow you to shine in the way that you were intended we have to lead with love and purpose and I think from this movie what I got is when you lead with what you're intended to be because I believe Mirabelle did that from the beginning Although it wasn't an illuminated gift the way others were, she was gifted from the beginning and hers took more effort because there was much more to gain from it. You know, a lot of times our position is difficult to get to, but it is the turmoil. It's the push to get to that place that really, you know, endears us to who we are ultimately because of all the hell you got to go through to make manifest what's there already. So I just, I thank you always for, you know, being a part of this process when you come on. I think we have a lot of great conversation and we, I get a lot of good feedback from the conversations that we have had in this space. And so I say to you, boys and girls, as I say all the time, if you listen, boys and girls, it just might change the world. It is changing mine. And I'm thankful for you and this opportunity to share our perspectives of Encanter. So if you haven't seen it, go see it and tell us what you think about what we thought. Thank you so much for your time. Mr. Chapman, as always, it's been a pleasure. Oh, my whole name? Okay. <laughs> my whole name to begin with. <laughs> I didn't okay. say it this time. I just said your your last name, Mr. Chapman. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I had a little bit of PTSD too, but we can unpack that later. You said what? Abuela had a little bit of PTSD, but we ain't touch on that. Tell me, tell me about it right quick. Just losing her husband and just that whole, it, it created this this fear in her and anything that did not resemble what she was used to. You know how people, they fear what they don't understand. She oh, yeah. feared it and it was a trigger for her, which is why she had such disdain 
for Maribel. Like I, I caught that right away the very first time. I was like, oh, this damaged good she is. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. But anyway, you know, go see it. <laughs> we we yeah, that is a good point. We need to 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 talk about. We'll maybe do that another another time because I know we have uh, other things to do. But at the yeah. same time. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> there are so many layers I mean so much more to the messages in this but we did a quick synopsis and wanted to just share our perspectives but really again I've watched it more than once and every time I see something else and that's you know what we get from art if it can influence us in different ways and help us think differently have different perspectives further conversations deepen our experience what is it for not just for laughs and giggles, although it was a very good laugh and giggle movie as well. But I want to just remind people, don't take everything at surface value. There's there's lessons to be learned all the time, all around. You know, I think we can see whatever is there if we choose to. So we'll come back and talk about Abuela's PTSD on another uh, episode of this Listen Boys and Girls podcast. But until then... My friends, thank you so much. Bye.